Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 101-92 win against the Utah Jazz Riker. I just want to start this off, because at the end of this podcast, uh, the end of this game, sorry, I was I was thinking to myself, do you remember last trade deadline, Riker, when I think the news came out during the afternoon of the trade deadline that there's rumors that the Raptors might trade Kyle Lowry for Mike Conley, and there's a bunch of people out there that wanted it to happen. And I just wanted to get it out of the way at the start of the podcast. The Damari Carroll Gold Star Award for involving this game, it's to any fan, anyone out there that thought the Raptors should trade Kyle Lowry for Mike Conley. Because he had a phenomenal night tonight, the, the Raptors had a phenomenal night tonight, and it was just a really fun game, Riker. You know what, if you went back and ran the tapes, Ben, <laughs> I, uh, I advocated for a trade. But not specifically because of Mike Conley being better than Kyle Lowry. I want to clear the air on that, Ben. But if you will also remember, come trade deadline time last season, there was, you know, there was room to speculate that There's something needed waters. to happen if we wanted to win a championship. But thankfully, Ben, we're not in that situation. We kept the greatest Raptor of all time. And wow, another great showing. One of the craziest step back clutch ice in his veins threes that we saw. And there was just shenanigans galore, Ben ejections, elbows, blocks, uh, getting under the skin. Jack was getting extremely frustrated this game. <laughs> Somebody was yelling something at him, and Matty D had to calm him down three times, Ben. Uh, I don't know if you heard the audio of the game, but what a wild game. Playoff atmosphere for sure, and the Utah Jazz, they're a formidable team in the West. They were on a five-game win streak, so uh, the Raptors on a back-to-back really got it done, hey? Yeah, this is a monster win. The Jazz home court is a really tough place to win, and you mentioned it, on a back-to-back, undermanned once again. The Toronto Raptors just can't seem to catch a break with the injury bugs. But the, to pull out this W with all the sort of adversity, it was a really big game for the, the Toronto Raptors. So let, let's get into the players, Riker. I guess the first player well, ben, we got to start. Let's start with that injury. Let's start with that yeah, injury, Ben, true. because obviously OG, he just collided with Norm, one of those unfortunate plays. He came down hard on his ankle. I thought he might have even broken it. Fortunately... Just a sprain, but I, I imagine he'll be out for a couple weeks, Ben. Yeah, no, it's definitely, you don't want to rush Norman Powell back because he's just had such bad luck this year, and his injuries are all just stuff that's really unfortunate. The wrong place at the wrong time, but again, he, he went down with another injury. He's been playing so well, just one player of the week, and yeah, I, I definitely say two weeks is where, where we're expecting. Nothing less than that with an ankle sprain. You don't want to rush him back needlessly and have him hurt going into the playoffs. Make sure Norman Powell's back 100% right. Make sure everyone's all good. And then we'll, we need Norman Powell if we want to make a playoff run. The way he's been playing, the way he's been on a scoring outburst. Obviously, the Raptors have had the next, next man up mentality all year. But Norman Powell is such an integral piece this season. Absolutely, Ben. And... The injury bug, it's 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 hurting the Raptors, but somehow, despite all odds, they're getting it done, right? We have literally the analysts pegging the Toronto Raptors before the season started to not even make the playoffs, and we have played almost the entire season with at least two starters injured at any given moment, and they're pulling out victories against, again, strong Western Conference opponents on a back-to-back night at a very hostile crowd. Then besides Norm's injury, there was almost all positives this game, and I think I'd like to start at Pascal Siakam because mm-hmm. I didn't want to admit that they won 
the game against the Kings because of Siakam, despite him closing out that game because I thought it was all on Norman Lowry. But tonight, mm. he just punched them down in the post. Bang, 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 relentless. And he just he, he made them, the defense, double-team him, triple-team him, and then made a career high and an assist tonight. This was the ideal, quintessential Pascal Siakam game, Ben. 27 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, a near triple-double for Pascal Siakam. Nine of eighteen from the field, two of three from the three, uh, two of five from the three-point line. Sorry, just just a remarkable game for Pascal. And you brought it up. We love it when Pascal Siakam is playing his game inside out, attacking the rim relentlessly, and then taking his threes. As after he's got his game going a little bit, he's in the flow, the rhythm of the game. So the, this is how we want Pascal Siakam to play. And we tonight it was the whole time, the whole he was just going into the rim and then making good decisions when the Utah Jazz double teamed him. But the last few games. He'd be a little bit passive throughout the course of the game, but then at the end, he'd go right at the rim and attack. And during closing time, that's really encouraging. And this is what we need from Pascal Siakam. He's not going to be Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, or Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's not going to be that level of player just yet. Maybe maybe one day the trajectory he's been building on. But if the Raptors want to beat these good teams like we did the Utah Jazz, we're going to need him to make clutch shots and be able to get us a bucket on intense defense down the stretch of games. He doesn't necessarily need to put it in 30 every night like Kawhi Leonard or someone would do, but if he can get us a consistent bucket and be aggressive and not settle for contested threes, contested mid-range shots, and get fouled at late of the game and get layups, th- that's going to be so huge for the Toronto Raptors playing the Celtics, the Bucks, whoever and- we're playing in the playoffs. And this game has got to be a confidence booster for Pascal Siakam, who traditionally, he shies away from the bigger matchups. He loves to bring it out beyond the arc whenever there's, you know, a lot of guys that'll collapse that are big, strong, imposing on the inside. But he had O'Neal on him, who matches up size-wise pretty well. Not not quickness, not nearly enough. And Pascal Siakam still had his way backing him down. But Rudy Gobert was there on Mm -hmm. every help. He, he, He collapsed every time. And Pascal Siakam still brought it to the lane over and over and over and made shots. So that had to be a huge confidence booster. Now, of course... You could exploit this matchup a little bit because Gobert is not quick, uh, you know, and, and on any switch, he's pretty useless once you bring him outside of the paint. And then a team like Milwaukee, of course, one through five, they're a lot quicker and they're a lot better, better to do those switches. But just in terms of attacking the basket, I thought that that was it was a really good game for Siakam. But Ben, another fantastic performance tonight from our man, Serge Ibaka. Wow. He was just stroking it from outside. We sometimes... Sometimes it's on, sometimes it's not, but he was a key piece in tonight's victory. Mafuzi Chef, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 5 of 7 from the three-point line, and, you know, the three-point shot record from Serge Ibaka. It's been more consistent this year. It's been a common uh, talk that we've had on this podcast, but there's nights he just looks like Steph Curry. He, he's so confident with those shots that are that are contested and stuff. Obviously not with the dribbles or anything like that, but when he's in a rhythm now, you just... Even, and it seems to happen against the good teams. That's the real exciting thing. You're playing the, the Atlanta Hawks, teams that are struggling this year. Sergi Baca might go one for three, one for four from the three-point line. But we play a team like the Jazz, the the Celtics, any, any of these good upper-tier teams. It seems like he plays better and his three-point shot's more locked in against these good teams. Well, he's a perfect complement to the lineup that we closed the game with when Pascal Siakam is the person that is attacking the lane. Because mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka, you know, he does great when he cuts in or he's fantastic off the pick and roll, but he's not the guy that you want to toss the ball into the post to initiate the inside-out offense. 
you want that to be Pascal Siakam because he's actually really valuable in drawing the bigger men who usually guard him, right? Because he's probably the slowest that's out there on the court in terms of quickness. He brings them outside, taking that help defense away somewhat because you have to consider Serge Ibaka to be a good three-point shooter. So when you have Pascal Siakam putting pressure on the defense to, to come in and help, then you have Serge Ibaka out there knocking down his shots, and you put him in a pick-and-roll situation, which worked perfectly because if Gobert was guarding him for the majority of this game, then plus what you get from him on defense on the other end, I, I thought this was the perfect complement. And, and, and the crux of it is Pascal Siakam, and they played in tandem tonight, and it was beautiful to watch. And that's a beautiful thing, Riker, because with, with Serge Ibaka, he is such a good post scorer, but you mentioned it. We're trying to run our offense through Pascal Siakam. If they do end up throwing uh, Rudy Gobert on a McCaw or something, like Jack Armstrong, or Jack was always bringing up in the broadcast, then you could completely shift the offense. If you have a wing guy on Serge Ibaka, he can take over in the post if he has a mismatch down there. So when his three-point shot's going, he's just a matchup nightmare on the court. So that's really exciting to see his, his progression with the shot, and he's always been a good inside scorer. So shout out Serge Ibaka, man. He's been balling all out this season and getting back into the swing of things since coming, you know, dealing with a few ticky-tack injuries. So it's nice to, nice to see him in the lineup being comfortable, but... The guy that, that's just been on an absolute tear this season, Kyle Lowry, 21 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. Brought him up at the beginning of the podcast, the greatest Raptor of all time. Just again, just gets us buckets when we need them. Siakam, Siakam can get him down the stretch and you know close out games, and that's what his role has been as of late. But over the course of the game, we've had some tight battles against good teams as of late, but it's been really Lowry and Norman Powell, who obviously couldn't play, only played two minutes tonight before getting injured. Kyle Lowry's the guy that's really just been out here getting getting buckets when the Raptors go through a little drought. If we need a three, he hits it. If we need a drive, his slashing ability has really picked up again this season. If we get this Kyle Lowry in the playoffs, a healthy Kyle Lowry like this, paired with the, the rest of our roster, even if we're a little bit undermanned, we're just have such a well-rounded attacking offense, and the defense is obviously there like it was last season. Well, if you watched the game in its entirety, you'd be shocked at the his percentage tonight because he didn't he wasn't actually that efficient. But just from the eye test, mm-hmm. it looked like he was making the majority of his shots. Yeah. And I think a lot of the chippiness of tonight's game it started with Lowry and it rubbed right off on OG who we'll, we'll we'll get to eventually. I don't know if we're saving it for the segments or not, yeah. but it started at the very beginning a little bit of bumpiness with O'Neal and uh, I forget what it was. I think he draws an offensive foul. He was right up in O'Neal's space, and then the very next possession he gives him a bit of a shove just to assert himself to say, hey, I'm not backing down from from any shenanigans here. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you can rely on Kyle Lowry for being that spark plug, and then you add to it his confidence that he's been playing with lately and his actual ability to convert down the stretch on big shots, which is what we want him to do. It's It's something fantastic to watch, Ben. It's just the Raptors have been clicking on all cylinders and hopefully everybody, we had that little slump, right? And I think people got a little bit disengaged, but I think that these last two games have shown the Raptors they're in it now, right? They're getting locked in for playoff time. Yep, and Without all of our main guys, as we brought up consistently, Norman Powell out, Fred Van Vliet out, Marcus Gasol out once again, so it's a it's kind of amazing, remarkable how the Raptors have just been able to piece everything together with different types of lineups, not knowing who's going to be playing night in, night out. So the the starters, the, our main real seven core guys have just been on an absolute tear, look unstoppable, which is a great sign for the playoffs. But 
that eighth man, Riker, it's been a topic of dis- discussion for in Raptors land now. It's been a big topic as of late, and I know we're running a bit long, but the bench, Rondé came in, had eight points, ten rebounds, had a more Rondé-esque game like uh, earlier in the season, but still missed a, missed a few easy no, shots. Rondé, no, 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 listen, Rondé played fantastic. No, he played really good, Ben, but it was early in the game, so you yeah. might have missed it if you didn't tune in until later. He, he, I think he had ten rebounds, did he? Yeah, and eight of them must have been offensive rebounds, or at least that's what it felt like. His Seven. hustle was, yeah, so th- there you go. He played really well tonight, and you could see that he was trying to, to make up for some of his poor performances as of late. Yeah, for sure. So Rondé, Rondé had a bounce-back bounce game. Matt Thomas came in, hit some shots. It was uh, it was nice to see those two guys play a lot, but I know the guy that's going to be the, the topic of discussion and has been, obviously, Boucher and TD, They're, they've been sort of playing themselves out of the rotation a little bit, or TD has as of late. Boucher's had some good games, but didn't really take it, take advantage of his minutes tonight, even though he had one nice block. But uh, Matt Thomas had a solid game, but Patrick McCaw, 43 minutes tonight, two points, three steals, two assists, six rebounds. He, he did all of his usual McCaw things on the defensive end, but you want to see him be a little bit more aggressive, more confident in the jump shot, and you know the I think the, the play that I think Raptors fans would have really just lashed out on him if we ended up if the Jazz ended up scoring was down the stretch of this one. McCaw's man ended up doubling Siakam. He was completely open on the wing, and he had a, a lane to the rim, but caught it on the wing and just kind of stood there. Didn't really know what to do. Was looking to throw it back to Siakam immediately. Lowry, McCaw's a good. We've seen flashes of McCaw be a guy that can score driving down the lane. He's a decent enough ball handler. He just needs to be more confident with the basketball. It looks like he looks like a deer in the headlights at times and. I've been more of a McCaw apologist than most Raptors fans, but he, he's got to have a bit more, because he does all the little things good, solid, but if we, he's going to be playing playoff minute, playing in the playoffs and getting 43 minutes a night like he did tonight, he, he's got to be able to do a little bit more out there. Ben, th- this is what surprised me about that possession, is that he's played games, right? He's not a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's not a yeah. rookie to the court anymore. I, you know, I can empathize for throwing the ball out in a critical situation because you're nervous, you, you know, you're stressed, you don't want to be mm-hmm. the guy with the ball in your hands, time ticking down. I've been there. I'm not a fantastic basketball <laughs> player, right? I've been there. I've, I've been in those late game situations because of injuries and I completely mess up or turn it over. But what kills me about that situation is like you said it, he played serious minutes. You shouldn't have those kinds of jitters. And it's a big consideration, or at least it should be for Nick Nurse, saying, what are we going to get from this guy in the playoffs if a game, really just kind of a regular old season game against the Utah Jazz, if you're making that kind of play, Ben? Yeah, it's those are the types of things that are just really eye-popping about McCaw. I think the little things sort of get lost in his game, but he, was, he did have a phenomenal plus-minus, and that might be because of the lineups he was playing with, but it was, you know, you, you want to get that... Those those things that you want him to pass the eye test, not just the the number side of things. And Nick and Nurse the, is the argument I'll make for him, Ben, is his defense. His defense didn't suck. It was actually oh, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you might get distracted by his tentativeness from shooting the three because you don't want to just defend. OG is he kind of treads the line from being a just defender, right? He, but he gives you at least enough offense from time to time yeah. that you want him out there. But Patrick McCaw, he can't be a just D guy. He needs to hit his shots, at least those wide-open ones. But that's it. Yeah, most definitely. But we're going to swing it straight into the segments. Riker, tonight, the spicy P lay of the day. 
there there's a few spicy plays of the day that that could could go in we we talked about the kyle lowry step back but the the one i want to bring up Riker is and this will swing into the ogs but rudy gobert came down the lane and the the jazz were making a, a fiery comeback they were trying you know it was a very close game down the stretch a lot very tense tensions were flying and then Rudy Gobert comes down, looks like he has an open lane. Then OG Ananobi comes up and just swats that ball back. And it, it led to some some tense moments, some ejections at the end of this one. But that that block by OG, his defensive presence, man, it's just amped up to, to a whole nother level the past month or so. Absolutely, Ben. And usually we say not all plays can be the P-Lay. Some make you say, oh, geez. But tonight, Ben, the spicy P-Lay led directly, <laughs> causationally, straight into the OGs, oh, And that's exactly what you mentioned. The tensions were flaring. I said it started all the way at the beginning of the game with Kyle Lowry, and it led to a lot of chippiness between Gobert. They were under his skin. They had his number all game. He's a 15-point-per-game guy. I think he's like a 15-rebound-per-game guy it seems like but i think he finished like six and six terrible numbers six and, and four record six and four and so he's holding og's jersey not letting him get back on the i guess on the defensive end og tempers are flaring throws an elbow right towards his face or neck area that's not cool we can't applaud that but i i love the chippiness nonetheless and then they get down into it on the other end some pushing the ref tries to step in og's not willing to back down I, lo- I, I mean, I, again, we can't condone that kind of behavior, but I love to see it nonetheless, especially from OG, who's <laughs> typically so quiet and reserved, man. We've seen OG get a bit chippy at times. The Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris against the, the Wizards in that playoff series, that's a, a notable moment where OG, there, there's a good meme. You can just Google it to see the, the words that he was saying to Markeith, but it's nice to have players that aren't going to back down, and it was pretty... Another thing that made me say OGs oh, about that possession was Serge Ibaka being the, the guy trying to minimize that, trying to de-escalate the situation. Rarely he's the one trying to hold people back. Usually he'd be the one taking closed lines or whatever at, at <laughs> players. Maybe maybe he got all of his anger out of Marquis Chris the other night with those dunks and stuff. So he, he was holding OG back, but it's nice to see the boys just into this game and have that playoff type atmosphere. I agree. I just hope it doesn't lead to a suspension. Given they kicked both players out, I don't think that it will bleed into the next game, but OG's definitely been an asset, so um, hopefully we get to, you know, not see any repercussions outside of this game tonight. Yeah, for sure. Especially with Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, we got our our wing depth has been a been a bit of an issue with our two shooting guards out, but you know people step up. Players have been stepping up for the Toronto Raptors, and it's going to be really fun to watch the these games coming down the stretch. The Bucks, obviously an undermanned Bucks squad, lost again today, so we're only six and a half games back on the Bucks. They play the Celtics coming up, so this is the time of year, Riker. We start kind of watching the other teams around the league and seeing who's around us in the seeding, and then you know we're it looks like we're locked into the second seed, but we don't really know what might happen oh, whoa don't jinx it there ben uh, we we got a lot of tough matchups left oh yeah remember that yeah well it looks like we're, we're in that spot right now we have a bit of a cushion on both sides but we gotta keep rooting for the the but the bucks the celtics to lose those games and some of the teams at the bottom of the east to you know stay stay where they're at because it's going to be an interesting sort of positioning now the the rest of the way out yeah absolutely ben but, All right, you know, yeah. we got a four-day stretch now until they play next against the Warriors. I think Steph Curry might be resting for a bit now. 
might have the coronavirus. No joke, he does have the flu. Um, so we'll see. But that was a tough matchup last time. So I guess we got a few days to to prepare. Most definitely. I I, I don't think he tested positive for the symptoms, but definitely. Definitely something to be careful about, but you guys are the best to make it this far. Check, you guys are the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, you got any last words? Oh, man. <laughs> My brain is just going crazy because of that game, so we'll, we'll, we'll end it off there. Cheers.